So good morning, everyone. Welcome back. Coming to you live from the Summerton Community Kailal of the CBS Community of Summerton, Philadelphia. And uh, beautiful Tuesday morning. We're continuing with Derek Hashem over here. We are still up to Perik, Chelek uh, Aleph, Perik, Gimel, Ois Hay. That's where we were up to yesterday. Yesterday we had a little bit of a recap, revisit, a review, a refresh, and... Um, A rejoinder to what we had last week. We took it further, this idea of the necessity of two worlds, the necessity of two existences, why we have to have one existence, one body, and one world over here, and a different world, a different body, a different existence, even though there's still physicality, different type of existence. We connected a lot of dots yesterday, we drew a lot of strings together, we talked about Adamishan. No, we didn't talk about Adamishan. No, we talked about Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, we talked about him going up to Harsinai, not eating for 40 days and 40 nights. Not solids or liquids, Shlomo, for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, and we talked about we talked about the um, interdependency, the codependency of our ability to choose and the physicality having the ability to have a primal existence and that being linked to what the physical existence needs to keep itself alive, which is why we need to eat and drink. And then we talked about Nailam Haba, that's the other way around, that the physicality is there, it's present, but it's dependent on the spirituality. And that's why the Gemara tells us that in Alam Haba, there's no eating, there's no drinking, because the, the body is kept alive by the soul. Okay? And that's <coughs> in order to allow our physicality to have total oneness and total Tveikas Tashem. And that requires a body that cannot choose wrong, that cannot make a bad decision. And that goes against this world. This world, the body has to be able to make a bad decision, and I overcome that. And that's the whole point of getting into the next world. That's the whole point of creating myself as someone who's godly. So that's why the existence that I have in this world comes out is diametrically opposed to being able to enjoy Hashem's oneness in the next world. And that's why we need to die after 120. And decompose after 120. And the question was asked the other day, what about the tzaddikim that we know that, that, that don't decompose... That's because their body was so elevated, so purified in this world that, that they purged themselves of sin. So, so sin cannot t- touch that body after it dies, even though we bury it, but that body has to be destroyed nevertheless. That's when uh, we get to the end of days, the year 6,000. Everything is destroyed, so eventually the body will be destroyed as well. They don't decompose, maybe they don't rot, because rot is about recovering. Recovering is about, about the, the uh, decay uh, that, that was induced into the body, spiritual decay, after the neshama departs in the body, now becomes physical decay. And yes, the tzaddikim didn't have that spiritual decay in their lifetimes, but still, they ha- even the biggest tzaddik that ever lived. Who can think of the biggest tzaddik that ever lived? Who's the biggest tzaddik that ever lived? Yeah, lots, there's lots of tzaddikim that ever lived, right? So, so, uh, so the biggest tzaddik that ever, ever, ever lived still had a body that was capable of sinning. And that's why that body eventually has to be destroyed. Because that's a body, since it can sin, it's a body that is now in opposition to HaKadosh Baruch Because by HaKadosh Baruch there's no room to sin. There's only toiv. There's no room to even be able to sin. So that body has to be destroyed. Okay, so we have 120 years. We have 120 years to purify ourselves and make the right decisions. But to enjoy the benefits of those decisions, that requires a brand new body. And a brand new existence, a brand new world. Yes, sorry. Thank you, Mara. Why is it not a right now? Hey, we mentioned yesterday, Pasha's a right now, like the rapper. Yeah, we mentioned that yesterday. 
that if the Gemara needs to tell us, Ein it makes it sound like it could be eating and drinking, but if, if there's only Neshama, the Gemara doesn't need to tell me, the Neshama doesn't need Neshama to drink. So that's, that's on the list of the Gemaras that are not like the Rambam, that need to be dealt with, according to the Rambam. Yeah. This might be, if there's a quick answer to this, why then is um, um, burning, burning the body if it's going to be destroyed anyway? Why is it uh, forbidden? If there's a quick answer for that, uh, it's an excellent question. It's an excellent question. Like if the body's to be destroyed, why is it not okay? Excellent question. Excellent question. I mean, the quick answer to that is. I know there's this. The quick answer. The quick answer is twofold. A, it's still it's still a statement of we destroy the body. Where it's a statement on our part of that. This is it. This is the end of the line. So we're destroying the body. He, let he who created the body and gave us the body, he will take care of the disposal of the body. He will take care of giving us a new body. Right? We'll give it back to Hashem. If we destroy the body, we're making a declaration that this, this is the end of the line. There's nothing beyond the point of death. And there's a tremendous, tremendous also lack of respect to the body. You know, I mean, they have YouTube videos. So you want to see really what happens to a body in the crematorium. It's awful. No. Awful. Awful. You don't need to watch. Right? That's right. You don't need to watch. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Right? So. It's a tremendous, tremendous disgrace to a body that had, had, had holiness in its lifetime, that uh, had a spark of God within it. Tremendous disgrace. Nothing more disgraceful than that. Um, people do it because they like to ignore the concept of death. People do it because it's convenient. They want to have to go to a graveyard, bury grandpa. It's an inconvenient thing to do. You know, it's disturbing and distressing. Just to give the body the funeral home. Oh, and you'll come back with a nice flower pot. That's it. You know, that's so pleasant. I, I can pretend there's no such concept as death. That's why people are doing it. You know, and it's 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 and 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 uh, they're convincing themselves that this is what Grandpa really would have wanted. Maybe Grandpa himself convinced himself of that, right? But it's even Grandpa. It's because he doesn't want to have to, you know, deal with the concept of death. What? Some people turn the ashes into jewelry. Turn the ashes into jewelry. How beautiful. That's what Grandpa really would have wanted. Okay. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> oh, no. All right. All right. All right. No, no. We're done. We're going go back to Derek Hashem now. Rabbi Isha. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, so, here we continue. Chelik Alef Perikimel Halof Simenei. So have we talked about how how to get into the next world, what this world is all about, the relationship between the two worlds, and we also spent a nice amount of time discussing within Derech Hashem. We built off of that the necessity for two different worlds, two different existences. It says the Ramchal, now I want you to know something. You have to know the following. Mankind. Mankind. Mankind originally had an existence which was very dissimilar to what we see now. A very different type of existence, a very different type of setup, very di- radically different, fundamentally different than how we see ourselves existing now. Man didn't always look like this. Mankind didn't always look like this. There was, in fact, a tremendous change, a shift in the very nature of man's existence that happened already. 
We're referring to the sin, the original sin of the original man, which was Adam Rishon. At the time that Adam Rishon sinned, there was a fundamental cataclysmic shift in the very nature of existence of mankind. Man and the entire world, the fabric of reality changed. Man changed, reality changed, the world changed. From before this until after the sin. That sounds very intriguing. The details about this shift and this change are manifold and the effects are numerous. In other words, very complicated. You can't just, it's not like, like this is before and this is after, you know? Like those two shots, you know, this is the 800-pound person, and here's the 150-pound person. No, no, it's much more complicated than that. We're going to get to these details. We're going to discuss this at greater length. What mankind looked like before the chait, what mankind looked like after the chait. But one thing we do know is that there's two different existences. It turns out then that whenever we're talking about mankind, and whenever we're talking about the 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 um, the uh, subject matter and discussions of how we operate kfulim, there's always going to have to be a dual discussion. There's always going to have to be done on two levels. We have to talk about man address his existence, how he functioned before the original sin in Gan Eden. And we have to also speak equally and separately about man, how he functions, how the whole system works after the original sin. Okay? So here's, let, let's ask a question. Let's ask a question. Now, the Ramchal just shared something very intriguing, very, we're very curious. Our appetites have certainly been, been whetted over here. The question is a very structured safer. And we've seen how everything is built block upon block, layer upon layer, level upon level. Each idea has always led directly into the next. Until we get up to this paragraph, and it seems to be like a curveball. And everything was very nice and neat and cut and dry. We have the six properties of HaKadosh Baruch which leads to the purpose of the world, which leads to how the world set up, which leads to a man and his, and we have to have Bechira, and, and what we have to have for Bechira, and the existence that we have to have for Bechira, and the existence that we have to have in Elam Hazeb, and Elam Haba, and then Elam Haba, and this is Ramchal Bishon, it wasn't always like this. Adam Rishon, before the Chet, was very, very different than this. There's Adam Rishon before the Chet, Adam Rishon after the Chet. Okay, that's nice, I'm sure that's a nice piece of information, and I'm sure, Ramchal, you have lots of nice pieces of information to share with us. I'm sure, I mean, we, no one thinks that, you know, in, 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 in six or seven pages of Derech Hashem, we now know Nobody thinks that we know everything there is to know. There's a lot there is to know. Why is the Ramchal throwing this at us over here? Adam Rishon, before the Chet and after the Chet. How is this the next natural step and next natural level and layer over here? What does that have to do with the, the Hemshech and the progression of the Sefer? The answer is the Ramchal is here anticipating a question that he knows we're going to have. And that's part of keeping the Sefer very structured and very progressive uh, and, 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 and working in a progressive fashion. And and um, and uh, very very um, very um, organized is to be able to follow along the, the the mind of the reader and get into the reader's head. The reader's shoes understand what's going to be bothering the reader and anticipate those questions before they're asked. And the Ramchal is anticipating a question, and the question he's anticipating is as follows: The Ramchal just made a very big pitch in Dalud, which is a longish paragraph. In fact, we spent two days on Dalud, and the Ramchal took a whole big paragraph to explain the necessity of two different existences in two different worlds. And that there is one 
makeup and one setup and one type of existence that we have in this world. And that's stage one, the oilam of Avoida, where we work. This is the arena of, 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 of battle. And then there's stage two, oilam Haba, oilam Haschar, the place where we receive the rewards and reap the benefits. Stage two. The Ramchal told us each stage requires a different universe and each universe requires a different existence, a different guf. And it was clear from the Ramchal there's no way that anybody can just, you know, work really hard in this world and then waltz their way into the next world. You can't. We all have to die. All of us. After 120, in good health, gesund, gesund in Leben, and, and, and everything that's all, all nice brachas and all that stuff, right? But there's no way anyone is humanly, physically capable of going straight into the next world. Ramchal established that. He can't. It doesn't work. It goes against the very definition of this world. And the next world. And it goes against the definition of the dynamics between the two. He made a very strong and firm case for that. The question that we have right now is, everybody knows, everybody knows, that if Adam or Ishon, everybody knows, we're going to die. It's... But the Rabbi is explaining why we have to die. He's explaining why. Now the problem is, everybody knows that Adam Harishon, if he would not have sinned in Gan Eden, every, it's a well-known idea, that what would have happened if Adam Harishon would have resisted that temptation? He would have lived forever. And that forever would have been the world to come. He would have gone straight in. He would have lived forever. Living forever means eternity. Eternity means eternal reward, eternal bliss, eternal happiness, eternal muchness. So Ramchal knows that we're bothered right now. We're bothered with Arthur's question. You're telling me that no one can go into eternity without being without dying and being recreated. What about Adam himself? The very first person who had the very first temptation, who had the very first ability to make the very first act of free will and Bechira, he, we're told, could have gone straight into Elam Haba. He, we're told, if he would have made the right decision, would have lived forever. And he, we are told, would have enjoyed eternal Devekus, what is with HaKosh Baruch as is, as is, without dying and being recreated. So, hold on, Ramchal. We have a major question with what you're saying. Uh, this, this, this is a major problem with this whole thesis that you're putting together. The Ramchal is anticipating that question. The Ramchal is telling us, Savlonis. He's telling us like this, say, Habibi. He's saying, Rak Rega. I know what you're bothered by. And I, I understand what's bothering you. Arthur's question, that, um, if it wasn't, he would have lived forever. I know you believe that goes against everything that I'm telling you. What, I, what you have to know is you can't ask questions from before Adam Marisha, from before the Chate. Pre Chate, you can't ask questions from there. Because pre Chate is a different type of existence, fundamentally different type of existence. Things work differently then, things, things operate differently then, things function differently then, and everything that we're saying is about post Chate. You want to know more about pre Chate and post Chate? We'll get to that in due time. But just to calm everybody down, he's telling us that you're not allowed to ask any questions on anything that he said from pre-chet. Why? Because we're not allowed to ask questions? No, chashom, we want to ask all the questions. But because it's a different type of existence, a different type of universe, a different type of functioning, the world was different, mankind was different, the universe was different, and things shifted radically and fundamentally, qualitatively, from pre-chet to post-chet. Everything we're talking about is post-chet. Okay, everybody got that? So it's, that's why he throws this paragraph in over here. Because he, he knows that there's a major question of what he was saying. He's coming to answer that question. He's coming to calm us down and reassure us. Everybody got that? Very, very gishmak. So and let's see. He continues with this in the very next paragraph. We see the whole thing coming together. Vav. Adam when he was created. When he was created. 
he was in mamish in that condition that that we have described till now. Mamish. Now the Ramchal doesn't use words easily and lightly. Ramchal uses his words carefully. He doesn't say mamish like we say mamish, right? What's mamish? Mamish means I'm lying. Like when someone says, <laughs> I need mamish two minutes. Just mamish two minutes, okay? Just tell the bus to wait. Tell the school bus. I'm on my way out, right? Come on out, like. Tell, tell <laughs> mamish literally means really, you know, literally. Literally means literally, you know? Say where the word literally doesn't mean literally, right? Like they were literally glued to their chairs, right? That's improbable. It's improbable when you say they were, they were literally hanging from the ceiling. Unlikely, right? But anyway, so, so, so when we say the word mamish, mamish means it, I'm exaggerating through my, you know, nostrils. It's, I really have not, I don't really mean the word mamish. But Nebuchadnezzar says the word mamish, which means really. So, so he means what he says. And he says, Arvijan was mamish. Mamish in that state when he was created. Which state? Which state was he in when he was created? When he was created, he also had two aspects, two components. He had a physical and spiritual. He had a physical and spiritual aspect, Adam Rishon. When he was created before the sin, even pre-sin, Adam Rishon has physical and spiritual. Ramchal is, 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 is building an argument up, and he's drawing his, his snare over here. Part of what the Ramchal is, is doing over here is coming actually to oppose the Rambam. Because um, the Ramchal is going to tell us, yes, it's true that Adam Rishon, before he sinned, if he wouldn't have sinned, he could have gone straight into eternity. And yes, it's true that I just told you that he had a fundamentally different type of existence than we do now, but it doesn't mean that he didn't have a physical and spiritual component. He did have a physical and spiritual component, Adam, before he sinned. He did have one. Yet he still would have gone straight into eternity with that physical component. So what was the difference between Adam Precent and posent. So let's see. Let's keep track. But the Ramchal says mamish because he, he's coming lafuke the Rambam. He mamish. Don't think that Adam Rishon oh, was some kind of everything was a is an allegory, and Gan Eden didn't really exist in physical terms. You know, as one could say, one could attempt such an approach. You say, well, if Adam Rishon could have walked straight into eternity, and eternity is only spiritual, so it must everything was spiritual, and all this is allegorical. The trees and the snake. And the fruit, which wasn't an apple, right? Mm. That's right. Everybody should know it wasn't an apple. Good for you. Everybody knows. Everyone that well, all all the all those who are in the know know. The enlightened, the enlightened know. Um, it might have been figs, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, it was all allegorical, right? It's all metaphorical and allegorical because it's all spiritual because Adam would have gone into eternity and, and only after he sinned he gets a body. He says, Ramchal, no! Mamish! He mamish had a body. Mamish. That's the emphasis on the mamish over there. Don't think of the chasashon to say it's all allegorical. As far as the Ramchal is concerned, for us to say it was all allegorical, all allegorical, and there's no there's no, there's no physical element, that's, that's, that's clear from the Ramchal's perspective. As far as the Ramchal is concerned, that's Apikursus. It's not the right Peshat. It's He mamish had a guf. Does that mean his guf was like our guf? No. Certainly not. He had a physical component. 
And in reality, there were two types, there were two, two entities. There was a concept of bad and a concept of good. There were two things going on out there. Bad and good. Out there. Going on out there. And Adam Rishon was able to choose the one that that he felt was 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 um, appropriate and correct. He could choose bad and he could choose good. Could choose to be like Hashem, choose to be not like Hashem, even before the sin. What he should have done is he should have chosen the good. Should have chosen to be like Hashem. The Yagbir and he would have let his Nishama. His spiritual components overpower the physical component. The sichlei alchum and his intelligence over his 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 uh, earthliness. Vaz hayimishtalamiyad he would have achieved full shleimus perfection immediately. The noch bishleimusay lanetzach and he would have enjoyed that perfection and completion, the godliness lanetzach for eternity, as Arthur said. And yet he did not do this. He did not do this. He did not do this. As we will see, we're not, there's only so much. We don't, I don't want to be overly ambitious today. Automation, um, we know sinned. There was pre-sin and post-sin. And he, he, he did the wrong thing. And um, and the Ramchal will tell us in, in the next couple paragraphs that at that point existence fundamentally changed. But we're, essentially where we're going with this is that Adam Rishon had an existence, a physical existence, that would have allowed him to be at one with Hashem. His physical existence was not in opposition to Hashem. That's where the Ramchal is going with this. In other words, he had an existence before the Chait, which approached the existence that we will have in Adam Haba. We will be physical, but we will have physical existence that can't oppose HaKadosh Baruch doesn't even have the ability to oppose HaKadosh Baruch and that is akin to what Adam had before the Chait. And that's why he could have enjoyed eternity as is. He wouldn't have had to die. That creates a whopper of a philosophical, um, theological, and hashkafic problem for us over here, which is a question that's already arisen. We have to bring it up once again. Which is if he had the existence of Adam Haba, like the Moshe Rabbeinu type existence that we were talking about yesterday, where he, his physicality could have been at one with Hashem, that means he has a physicality chayra, that is incapable of sinning. If he had an existence that was incapable of sin, how did he sin? What, what went wrong? What went wrong? How did he sin if he couldn't have sinned? And if he was able to sin, then how was it that if he wouldn't have sinned, he would have been able to go straight into the Mahabha and join existence with the Kosh Baruch We're saying the very ability to sin makes one in opposition to Hashem. So how does this get off the ground? How does this work? We, we have a Tarti you catch 22 over here, a contradiction in terms. <coughs> we'll have to get to these questions, but for the time being, we will stop over here. So again, Ramchal is very insistent that Adam Rishon did have a physical existence before he sinned. Mamish. And Gan Eden really was there. The trees were really there. The snake was really there. The fruits were really there. At the same time, I want everyone to understand, even though Ramchal is telling us, certainly don't, uh, don't entertain that it was allegorical. Does that mean that if we were there, we would see Adam Rishon, and we would see the trees, and we would see the fruit, and we would see the snake, the sneaky snake. No, that doesn't mean that we would see everything. The physical existence was physical, but it was it was a physical existence which is 
approaching that of the existence, physical existence of Eilam Haba, which is Ayin Loi Rasa, Lakim Tula something we can't perceive, we can't really understand. We have physical eyes and physical senses that are very, very, very low and very reduced and very compromised because we are post sin. The, the same way we can't comprehend or, or grasp or see Eilam Haba, even though it's physical. It's a very subtle type of gasomor type of physical existence. That was the existence of Adam Prison. So don't, we shouldn't think that it, we would be able to come uh, take a time machine, invent a time machine. Oh, what, what would, you know, everyone talks about what they would do if they had a time machine. What do you do if I, you had a time machine? Well, go back and kill Hitler, Yamach Shemai. I'd go back, I would tell the Miraglim, not to be Makabal Lashon Haro, I would go back and, um, and, uh, uh, um, Go back to my my my, my uh, earlier self, of like 25 years ago, and and on a certain day, and I would say, make sure when you're coming up that hill, there's going to be a car parked right ahead of you. As soon as you crest that hill, that you're not going to be able to see. Make sure just go like five feet over to the left as you crest that hill in your parents' station wagon. Right, that's what I would do if I had uh, a time machine. Some of us would say, well, we go back to Gan Eden, and we would tell other region, don't do it, don't do it, don't eat it, don't eat the the the, the, the pre the eitzah das we go back to Gan Eden. Don't do it, Adam. It's not worth it. We're all still suffering. So that's impossible. That's impossible. I'm not saying making a time machine is impossible. That's also impossible. But even if a time machine would be possible, you can't go back because we wouldn't have anyone to talk to. We wouldn't have anyone to see. That's not physicality that we can see, that we can perceive, and we can comprehend. That should be very clear. It's not allegorical, but a different type of physicality. Okay? A different type of physicality, something that's too out of our reach to really interact with, but it's physical nevertheless, okay? So even if we would be able to make a time machine, which we can't, we can't, but even if we'd be able to make one, you can't go back, you could go back and to your, to your teenage self and tell him, just five feet over the left, please, when you crest that hill in your parents' car. That we could do, but you can't go back to Adabrisha. All right, everyone, be well, be gevenched, and be stark. Thank you for joining